This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. And of course, this is the start of a brand new week. Uh, you're listening to Enterprise. It's also Raise Your Game. And uh, we're going to be talking about something that uh, I'm sure affects all of us. And many of us have encountered so-called difficult people in our lives. People whom we allow to annoy us, upset us, demoralize us, or generally make us feel negative in some way or other something. Faces come to mind now. Yet, what are difficult people really? Why is it we label them difficult, and how, why do we react so negatively to them, and allow them to affect us and even torment us? <laughs> so today we'll be discussing how to handle difficult people with Sheila Singham, uh, founder of Human Equation. Of course, she's here the last Monday of every month, and uh, she'll be giving us some insight into how we define difficult people, what makes them difficult, and how we can handle our relationships with them. And she'll be sharing some coaching case studies of how she used simple NLP tools to help her clients manage the challenging relationships in their lives. So Sheila, how do we define difficult people? (laughs) Actually, what are difficult people, um, Frida? Um, I always believe in one of the basic premises of NLP is that you need to look beyond a person's behavior to Mm. who they are. A person's not their behavior. So instead of labeling them as difficult people, I might say people who behave in a difficult manner mm. you know so then you're separating the person from the behavior right so if you say difficult people then you just have a tendency to want to run away but if you say that particular certain behaviors of the there's a difficult then that's still hope for the relationship with the person right mm. so who i mean generally what we do is we tend to uh, label those people who are negative mm. who are constantly angry mm. Um, who are constantly picking on us, who are never satisfied, so to speak, you know, always speaking in raised tones, who we allow to aggravate us, people who might be toxic, um, always got stuff going on, and you know, never satisfied with with what life has to offer. Right. Um, people who put us down constantly for their own reasons, and I always tell people, don't just dismiss the relationship and react and get upset. Now, Mm. one of the things is that people and circumstances cannot affect us Mm. unless we allow them to. Mm. And this is is a statement I always tell people in my trainings. I can make you a cake. I can make you nasilama. I can make you a cocktail. I can't make you angry. Mm. I can say something, but at the end of the day, your choice to be angry is your choice in how to react towards me. Right, so we need to first of all, when we st- before we start labeling people as difficult and treating them as such, we got to examine ourselves. Yeah. So, so that that was the thing. Sometimes th- these uh, situations always affect us when it's the people closest to mm. us, or people that we have to have close contact with, right? Because mm. I have because it's easy because to uh, to avoid, right? Mm. Or to just uh, I don't see you all the time, so let it be, yeah. right? Um, and and whenever when when you say that, also I, I think there is a space when something and an, when someone annoys me, I always ask, why am I mad mm. with the situation? And then it comes back to me: is is it me? Yes. Firstly, is it me? Um, and why, why is why is this statement made annoying me? 
Hmm. Right. Uh, Good question yeah. to ask because right? um, one of the things that we need to do to realize is that we can't change people. Mm. We can't change circumstances. We can't change the environment. I mean, we can to a certain extent. I mean, your choice is to be a thermometer and measure what's the temperature out there and then react to it. Or your choice is to be a thermostat and determine what the temperature is out there. Mm. Right. So my, my point is that you've you got to examine yourself always and ask you, you're going about it the right way. We need to take charge of our own reactions, mm. our own actions. Are we reactive people or are we proactive people? Because, so that's the difference. That person came and said something not nice to me. So my choice is whether I'm going to, I want to get angry and let it stew in me and then, you know, sort of snap the other person and start this war going on or whether I'm going to say, well, you know what, that's your opinion and that's on your head and I don't choose to take it on. But very often we choose to take on people's stuff and what people throw at us. Mm. And that's the difference between a person operating at cause and a person operating at effect. A person operating at cause will decide, well, you know what, I'm not going to react to whatever is being said about me. A person operating at effect will immediately just go and, you know, feel bad and feel small and say, why are you saying this? And, you know, they, they, they never examine themselves. So whenever we're doing like programs or coaching on difficult, managing so-called difficult relationships and people come and whinge and complain about this person or that person, I say, well, ask yourself what you can do to impact the relationship. Mm. Because fundamental to all relationships and what's happening in our lives is the precept of, Perception is projection. Whatever you hold inside of you is what you're projecting. So, for example, let's say, Frida, you don't like someone, huh? and then you, you know, or they've, 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 they've been so called difficult, yeah. and then I use uh, inverted commas here. Yeah. Mm. So, you're reacting to that. So, when they perceive that, they're reacting back. So, you back and forth reaction yeah. going on. So, then what happens? There's something in the air. La. Uh, <laughs> some small, little, inane comment kind of like escalates into this huge conflict. Like, I don't want to talk to you and you don't want to talk to me. And then when you go back and examine, we're like, it was such a small thing. Why did that happen? Why did it affect us so badly? Right? Ah. Okay. So, it all has to do with one ego. La. You know, I, it's always that I must win. You know, mm. how dare you say that <laughs> about me and make me feel small. But nobody can make you feel small. You, your choice. Right? If you have utmost confidence in who you are and your self-worth, then you're not, not going to have to feel small about what people say. Mm. Now, I can understand that happening to children, mm. you know, when parents, teachers put them down because they, they don't have that, that um, um, analytical ability to be able to filter and say this is true and that's not true. You know how children are, they think their parents speak the gospel truth and then mm. like teacher knows everything like that. So they take on those beliefs, whatever people are saying about them. But as adults, I mean, if, if somebody came to you today, let's say Frida and said, Are you Frida, you're not beautiful. I'm sure you're not going to believe that. I mean, look at you. You know what I mean? Huh? Depends. I th- you know, I tell you, I, 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 but again, right? And I get it and I'm old enough. But if it's someone that's close to me, right? Huh? It, it, it would. Yeah, but to then, a large extent. Yeah, but like today, right? And there was a time when I was young and people said this and that about me and my looks and all that. I'll be like, so, you know, I had so much baggage mm. that I carried. Then I let it go. And today it's like, whatever. I am what I am at my age, mm. like this, you know, gray hair, what's and all. Mm. I mean, and I still think in my own way, it's not about outward appearance, exactly. it's about how beautiful I am inside. Exactly. You know, so at the end of the day, you've got to sit down and take stock of yourself and examine yourself mm. when people are saying things to you. Now, coming back to difficult people and why they affect us so much is because. 
if they are very close to us, mm. um, you know, you tend to think you you tend to want people close to you to have this really good impression of you. But the truth of the matter is, the people who are closest to you are the ones who see the real you, lah. <laughs> you know, the 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 guard that you drop, and you know how your your outward facade when you go out, and then when you go home, sometimes you just drop it, like a bit tiring to keep it up all right. the time, right? So if you're truly an authentic person, that means you are at home as you are outside and everywhere else. Uh, uh, then you you really won't have that going on, you okay. see. But if you, you but at the end of the day, it's the people closest to us because we love them and you know we we want to have value in their eyes. And then so at any time if they're critiquing us and then we feel that our value or saham drop in their yeah. eyes, that, that's a bit painful, lah. You know, it hurts a bit, lah. You know. So if you think you're the most beautiful woman in the world to some guy and then he comes and says, um, you know, honey, I think you put on a few kilos there. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so what? Yeah. You know, so what? Hey, wh- what's the big deal about yeah. that? He's like, oh no, nothing. You know, there's more of you to love. That's all. But <laughs> but then it kind of like sticks into you, right? That he has said that, and then you start questioning why is he saying that? Yeah. What's your point? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there someone else out there who's thinner <laughs> than me and that is noticing this? What is this going? How is this going to affect my relationship? Oh my god! And then you get oh, angry. The woman's and then it, mind wanders. Ah, ah. So you know, we all do this. We start conjecturing as to what mm. he means. Someone can come and say something innocent, but having said that, out there. People shouldn't be coming in and saying, "Hey, hello! I haven't seen a long time. Put on some weight, huh?" I mean, like, <laughs> is that all you can say after not seeing me for two years? You know? Okay. So, uh, what are some general principles to consider when dealing with difficult people? Okay. First mm. of all, and this is what we call the forgiveness presupposition. Yeah. You gotta ask yourself, what is behind that behavior? Mm. Now, people don't set out to be nasty. We we just don't we don't want to go there and kill relationships and you know mm. um, the damage our working and personal relationships. So I don't deliberately go out there and you know meet you on the street and say something nasty to you, right? Mm. But when people do that, they are reacting. Mm. They might be reacting to you, or they might be reacting to their own inner. Uh, lack of self-esteem, lack of self-confidence. And you know what they say, hurting people hurt other people's because you're projecting. You're projecting your hurt out there. You You don't want to be the only one to suffer sometimes. So remember this, behind someone's behavior is a human being and sometimes that behavior is a cry for attention. So, for example, you know, you have someone who's always yelling, um, throwing his weight around on you, doing this power stuff on you. Maybe the guy feels really small inside. Mm. So, by virtue of his position at work, for example, he called situational leadership, he's got that clout over you. So, he throws it around because he doesn't want you to see maybe that he's really not that confident or maybe not as good as you are at the job. Mm. So, he constantly puts you down. Now, it's not right. But what you do is, if you find out what is the intention behind that behavior for that person, everyone gets a positive intention for themselves for a behavior. So if you can find out what's that positive intention and find another way to um, give them that positive intention, then you can actually change the behavior. So if you can find another behavior which will give them the positive intention, it can actually change the behavior. So someone who is doing pub 
power stuff with you and all that. If you're constantly standing up to him and pitting your will against his, that's just going to be a no-no in the relationship. But if you go around the way and say, okay, well, you know, I have this idea. What do you think about it? I know I, I sort of really value your input and thought that, okay. you know, I, I really like to know what you think because, you know, as my boss, your, your opinion is important to me. Right. You know, so... And that's not buttering up. That's no, just... that's not buttering yeah. up. That, yeah. That's also giving that person that the due respect of the position. In a way, you are helping that person to build up his self-esteem as well. Mm. Now, having said that, right, all of this does take effort and it does take time. Then if you don't want to do and then you're sitting down there and complaining, and, oh, my relationship is very difficult, then you got to look at yourself. Mm. I've known people like that. They move from one job to another. Everybody is victimizing them. Poor me. Everyone treats me badly wherever I go and work. I don't know why people are doing this to me. Now, I've had people come to me like that for coaching. Mm. One question I asked them, Four jobs you went, huh? they all treated you like that. Huh? Poor thing, are you? <laughs> so all those people, did they know each other? Did they like pass the word around about how terrible you were? No, 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 they didn't know each other. So what's the common factor here? <laughs> and they went, me. And then suddenly you can see the aha look dawn on their faces. Maybe. You're saying it's me? I said, I'm not saying anything. What do you think? <laughs> and then they go, it's me. I said, ha-ha, it's what you're projecting. Wherever you go. Mm. If you're going to go there projecting that people are going to victimize me, then they're going to do it. Lah. Mm. You know what I mean? Because people, t- you know, many times people take on what you project about True. yourself. Mm. Okay. Now, you talk about this positive intention. I'm sure because we're going to go through some case studies in just a moment. Mm. And I'm sure, you know, that, that kind of uh, discussion will be brought up in these case studies. I'm here with Sheila Singer from Human Equation. We're talking about handling difficult people. Stay tuned to Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Bankers. Financiers and money makers. BFM 89.9. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Enterprise's Razor Game. Sheila Singham from Human Equation here. Uh, she's here every final Monday. Uh, we talk about handling difficult people. Um, and I guess it's a great way to discuss, to start the week, right? As we meet <laughs> lots of people along the way. Now, as, as usual, you know, uh, we're going to discuss some case studies and how you use NLP tools uh, to handle some difficult relationships. So we'll go through the first case study here. You had a client who had a poor relationship with a colleague. She claimed the colleague was not supporting her in managing her customer relationships, leading to her feeling stressed at work. She said she didn't see how um, she could make any breakthrough in that relationship. So how did you help her here? This was very interesting because I was giving her some concepts and then she turned around and she said to me, you know, Sheila, in theory, all that's very good now, but cannot work uh, this relationship uh, cannot work uh, when you're there you know face with the customers and then your colleagues not giving you backup and all that all these theories don't work I said oh really I said okay let's see let's let's do a little role play here so I got her to do a role play to to first of all I gave her some NLP um, presuppositions that whatever think about it what are you projecting to this person You've been projecting to this person that you're not cooperative, you're not helping me. Um, and so that person, and then your facial expression, your tonality and all that, it's really um, sort of being projected to that person. So, of course, you know, and, and very often, here's one thing, uh, just a little sidetrack, Alfreda. We often forget uh, 
our tonality, our physiology is so important in our interaction with people. Right. Some people are very, uh, very, very responsive to tonality. So if you raise your voice or your tone is harsh or your words are harsh, they're really going to react to that. Mm. And sometimes it's your physiology. You know, mm. like I'm looking, I'm talking to you that when I'd rather be somewhere else, mm. you know, so people are going to read all the signals. So that's one thing I said to her. And, and number two, I said to her, look beyond the behavior. Possibly there's some reason why this person is, is like this, who's not instantly, you know, like immediately responding within the minute to your request. I mean, he, so I, we did a role play where I got her to stand in his shoes, to be doing his job. And I sort of pretended to be her, right? So I went there demanding things from him and, and slowly it dawned on her that he is not just servicing her needs. Hmm. He's a back-end you know, giving back-end support to customer service staff, he's not just servicing her needs. He's servicing the needs of five warehouses and numerous customer service staff and everyone is screaming at him all the time. So you, so definitely he's going to be grumpy. He's going to dissociate and be very remote from these people because it's just too much to have like, yeah. you know, 10, 20 people calling you and yelling at you, where's my stuff, where's my stuff, that kind of thing. So when she put herself into his shoes and sort of took on his role, you could see the aha moment. Right. I don't yeah. need, uh, for, for the guy's perspective, it's like, I don't need another person hounding me. Yeah. So I said, so what have you learned from this? You know, being in issues, she said, now I see where he's coming from. Now I know why all the time he's so stressed and he's so angry. And then when I go and, you know, laid on thick again, <laughs> that's why he reacts to me the way he does to everyone else. Because she, earlier on, she said he's like that with everyone. Mm. And then I'm like, if everyone's behaving, then she said, yeah, if everyone's behaving like me, uh, no wonder he's like that. So I said, now how can you change the relationship? Mm. Because you're not going to go and tell him, hey, you better change the way you're dealing. Because if here's the truth. If you want to change a difficult relationship, if you want that relationship, the conflicts in that relationship to be resolved and to have a relationship with that person, you need to take the initiative. Change always starts with us. Yeah. And that's what Gandhi said, you know, mm. be the change you want to see. Mm. Don't be expecting everybody else to change the way they talk. You do first and then you will watch them. Re and I've seen this so many times when, you know, early days when I'll have a sort of preconceived notion about someone and I'll say, no, no, Sheila, don't judge. Look beyond the behavior to the person and just deal, react wonderfully to that person. And then suddenly you see and everybody say, how do you get along with that person? I'm just applying these precepts. That's mm. all. Mm. So I, we know she learned this. And then she said, oh, my God, it's me. La. I have to change my tonality. I can see myself standing in front of him, very angry, shouting like that. So no wonder he reacts like that to me. I I said, okay, so what are you going to do now? She said, when I go back to uh, you know, work, I'm going to try a different track. I'm going to actually go and be very pleasant with him. I'm just going to go there and greet him and not ask him anything. You probably have a bit of a shock and wonder what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I say, yeah, I probably think like, you know, you, you've gone a bit off or something, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Changing your behavior. She said, but I'm going to do that. I said, persistence. I mean, you do it the first time, people might not react. They might be suspicious. Second time, third time. But if you keep on doing being nice to someone, at some point they will realize you don't have an agenda and they're responding positively to you. So um, she, she said that she was going to go back and do that. And I could see in that session itself the physiology change in her. When she realized, put herself into his shoes and realized what he was going through, you could see that you know, when she was talking about it, she was kind of like choking. Mm. Also at the fact that all this while she never knew that. So she totally had a total turnaround about these 
know, concepts just being right. mere theories. I think the even the lesson learned, even you know, we, we, we hope that that will help resolve it. Uh, but the lesson learned would be putting yourself in the other person's shoes and actually physically acting it out. Sometimes you know, and say, wow, this is what this person has to go through day in day out. Uh, complaints from customers and complaints internally. Wow, you know what I mean? What's my priority? Obviously. The customers in that sense, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Putting yourself into the other party's shoes. That I would advocate that number one. Mm. In any relationship where you know you've got conflict or you know stuff going, always put yourself into the other person's shoes. Then maybe you'll be able to see what is triggering that behavior. Right. Right. Mm. Walk, walk a mile in my shoes, right? Mm. Okay. Here's another one. A young lady came to see you about her anger at the constant criticism she received from her extended family members. Mm. Uh, they commented on her clothes, her hair, her mannerisms, her choice of job, friends. Wow. Okay, so she was getting extremely stressed and felt unable to cope with living with a family, but she couldn't afford to move out. Hmm. So how did you help this person? Hmm. Okay, one of the things that we uh, we forget to do as Asians, uh, generally I say this is more predominant in Asians, we don't know how to draw boundaries. We think that because we love someone, we just have to lay down and be doormats and take everything from other people. And then we let them pile it on one time, two times, three times. Then when it gets too much, then we kind of crack up and then we have a bit of a blow up. So I think that um, from the the minute someone encroaches into your, your territory, your turf, you need to stand up and say, well, I don't like that. You need to be very assertive and say, I don't like that tonality. Please don't speak to me in that tone or please don't say those things to me. I don't take kindly to that. Um, if I need your feedback, I will ask for it. But, you know, I don't know. It took me a long time to do that. You know, I come from an Indian family, you know. We, well, we are the most critical on each other, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it took me a long time, you know, because you are taught respect, you know, especially respect for your elders and all that. Don't talk back. But I think you don't have to talk back. But you can speak up. So okay. I have begun to speak up. I have begun to speak up and say that, well, I don't think that's right of you to say that. Or is that all you can say? So somebody just said to keeps kept saying to me, you know, you know everything, lah. You know, you you just know everything. And I I turned around and said to that person, well, thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> I think Come it's like Google. a prophetic word that you have passed on me. So because I really feel that. I'm really getting better in terms of my knowledge and skills because you keep projecting that onto me. Thank you so much. And then what to do? Potong steam la. You know what I mean or not? Okay. What's, okay. This is very interesting. You know, you don't... Uh, the difference between talking back or speaking up, right? Mm. There, um, there's a fine line, huh? Yeah, because my 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 speak up would then include an, a sarcastic comment at the end. Ah, then it shouldn't lah. So the speak up must be very very neutral. Okay. So this is where when I say you want to give the feedback, you go into. Remember we're talking about positions just now. Stepping into the other person's shoes. This one you don't step into their shoes. You step into a neutral territory. Okay. So you imagine yourself stepping out of your shoes as a neutral party, observing this uh, you know exchange and going and saying, look, I don't think that was right. You you know I don't think that was called for. What you said to that person mm-hmm. um, if you need to give feedback you need to give it in a neutral pleasant tone you know that sort of thing so uh, when you tell the person um, every time you see me you keep talking about how much weight I've put on uh, how much weight I've lost mm-hmm. um, what are your intentions you know or what's your objective of saying that mm. 
you know, so then they say, no, no, I'm just observing. Well, thank you very much, but I'd rather you didn't. I mean, I've learned to tell people that sometimes people will come and complain to me about some other person and all that. I'm like, okay, is there something you want me to do about this? Mm-hmm. You want me to go talk to that person? No, no, no. I'm just venting. I'm like, yeah, every time I see you venting about that person, I'd rather you didn't. Hmm. You know what I mean? If you if you really need help in resolving the issue, come and see me and arrange a coaching <laughs> session. But if I'm having tea with you, I don't need to constantly be venting about the same person. I'm not a sounding board, la, you uh-huh. know what I mean, for all your angst, right? Yeah. So people get it. La. And I keep telling them, if you keep on going on like this, then I'm not going to have tea with you. So then the next time they meet me, and say they start and then they'll see my face. I'm like, mm. Talk to the talk hand. Talk to the hand. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. We'll just talk about other things. So you need to set the boundaries about what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Mm. Now, uh, for example, uh, my, my daughters, uh, we are all brought up in the way that we need to respect our elders. But sometimes they come and say to me, you know, so and so, this auntie said this or that auntie said that. And it's really annoying. Mm. I say, well, in use a good tonality and be very polite and give them the feedback, mm-hmm. you know. And, and if they want to go and say anything about it, then they got to take it on that they need to learn what their boundaries are when they want to trespass into somebody else's life, mm. you know. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. All right. We're going to go through one more case study after this. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation discussing how we can handle difficult people. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Barcelona, Fiorentina, Manchester United. BFM 89.9. You're still listening to Enterprise. This is Raising Game. Sheila Singham from Human Equation here. We're talking about handling difficult people. Uh, of course, Sheila's here on the final Monday of every month. And uh, anyway, we've gone through two case studies earlier on. And these are people that you've coached and situations, real life situations. I think we've all experienced them at one stage or the other. Um, here's another one. An executive had an issue, had issues with his boss, uh, boss's manner of communication, which he felt was disrespectful. His boss would shout profanity vanities of people, make inappropriate jokes about his staff, put them down at meetings, and so on. So such uh, behavior conflicted with the executive's values, and he felt extremely uncomfortable working there. How did you coach him? Hmm. Well, here's the thing that many executives find difficult to accept, Mm. that they need to stand up and tell colleagues and bosses um, how they should, can, and talk and not talk or communicate and not communicate. I mean, my own personal example, I had a colleague who used to send um, email, right? He used to send inappropriate material, explicit, sexually explicit mm. material. And I just told him to stop it. And he still kept set it, sending it. So I just kind of blocked him. Mm. You know, so we need to learn to talk to people like this. So in this instance, the the person I, I we sort of advised the person as to to have that difficult conversation to take the boss out and, you know, talk to the boss about the boundaries and how, uh, as a person, his values were being invaded by, um, by this sort of talk and conversation and to actually tell the boss not to do it. Okay, and, and I guess if the boss owns the company, a bit difficult, but if not, isn't this something that HR can handle? You know what? Mm. I had a situation where, I mean, it was similar, so I kind of knew how to handle this. I had a boss who'd shout, shout for letter words at people at meetings. So one day I just went up to him and said, you know, if you ever have a question or you don't like an idea of mine, hold me up quietly and talk to me about it or talk to me about it in public. But don't ever use the four letter words me because I will get up and I will leave. You know? And you know what? He never did it with me. 
He still did it with other people, never did it with me. So here's the thing, whoever it is, however high up in the company or wherever, if you allow people to behave to you in a certain way, it's you allowing So it. the first step recourse is speak up. Speak up. Mm. You have to have the courage to speak up. You have to have the courage of your convictions. Now, if your values are your deepest driver, they're very important to you. If someone's violating your values, then you have to speak up. So in, in, in the case of, for example, someone is doing wrong stuff in the company, unethical stuff, and he violates your values, then you have to speak up. Yes, that person might persecute you, but then you need to be the person to have the courage to stand up to face the consequences. Mm. You know? So in this instance, I, I asked him which values were being violated, and I told him that if you do not address it, then you're going to be more and more and more uncomfortable. The conflict's going to go more and more, and you're going to be projecting that as well. And uh, you're going to be more and more unhappy inside. Unfulfilled values is really, really a bad place to be in. Mm. So either you change your value system to say that it's okay for people to use words like that, which you don't want to because of your convictions, or you need to speak up and have a one-on-one conversation and say, boss, you know, I'm really open to your feedback. You can say anything you want to me, but... The, the profanities, there are mm. women there, and mm. you know, it's really inappropriate. And I hope, of course, if the boss can take the feedback, great. But of course, you need to be in rapport. Mm. So before you do this, don't go into his, barge into his office and say this. You say to him, could we go out for a cup of coffee? I want to talk to you about something I'm really uncomfortable about. And have a chat with him. Of mm. course, the boss might turn around and say, hey, but, hey bro, this is who I am. You know, mm. you know, accept me or not. Say, yeah, well, I'm finding it hard to accept. <laughs> and, and this is the thing I always tell people. You can't go around telling people this is who I am, accept me or not. Then people don't accept you, then you winch and complain. So, you know, at the end of the day, if people are not able to accept your behavior, then you need to change your behavior. On the, and the other uh, side of the spectrum is if you cannot accept someone's behavior, um, <clears throat> you have to speak to that person. You have to speak up and tell that person that this is unacceptable behavior. Now, what is unacceptable behavior? Behavior that's not ecological. Mm. Behavior that's really harming people, harming the environment. A shouting boss who's shouting bad words in the office. It's really bad for the yeah. uh, atmosphere of the office, right? I mean, I can just imagine it becomes so toxic. So one thing you need to do is if you are there and an atmosphere is toxic, to be the person to man up and see whether you can put a stop to it. And if you can't, then you make a decision whether you want to stay there or not. But bear in mind, when you are in a toxic environment and you don't attempt to clean it up, it's going to get more toxic and then... It's going to filter into your psyche. You know, it's like being in a in a radioactive toxic <laughs> pond. What's going to mm. happen in the long run? I mean, and 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 laugh as to me. Uh, being in a radioactive toxic pond is the same as being in a toxic environment because it is going to affect your health. Right. Okay. Because when your emotions are not in balance, right? Then what is disease? Hmm. It is dis-ease. Hmm. So when you are not at ease, ease. then you, uh, uh, your, your immunity gets lowered and you get unwell psychologically. You know, you're unhappy, you have issues, your body gets unwell. So I always believe stand up, man up, hmm. you know, and... and, and, and woman up. Woman up, yes. So yeah. Don't have to confront the person. You can do it in a place of rapport. Right. And if the person wants to accept it, great. Then you have managed to be at the... Thermostat. And I guess in this case, we say you're a thermostat and you, you come from a point of good intention. Yes. You come from a point of, uh, um, you know, and, and I guess from all this, it's, it's about speaking up. Yeah. Uh, and speaking up doesn't mean fighting back no. or talking back. No. But just addressing the situation. And, get, uh, and there's a time and place to be 
in that person's shoes and the time and place to be in a neutral position. That's right. So yeah. if you want to understand, to summarize a bit, right? Mm. First, before you approach that difficult person, take a minute to step into his or her shoes to see where they're coming from so you understand what are their motivation, their intentions, okay? And then when you need to go and give them the feedback, you step into a neutral position. Right. So you're not doing it in your shoes with your emotions and all your baggage coming to bear on that conversation. You're in a neutral position giving the person very neutral feedback in a very non-threatening way mm. with the right neutral tonality and and it can be done. I mm. do it all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for being with us, uh, Shia talking uh, from Human Equation, talking about this very interesting topic, handling difficult people. Uh, of course, you've been listening to Race a Game and Enterprise. The next song is quite appropriate, actually. Rod Stewart, I was only joking. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.